Maybe you've actually found yourself giving the best parts of yourself to an organization, to a church, to a job, to a relationship with someone, whether it's intimate or just a friendship. And the feedback that you're getting always, always seems to center around the fact that you are not measuring up some way or somehow. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week we'll share coaching conversations and stories of women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. Hey friend, welcome to The Courage Cast. My name is Andrea Crisp and I'm your host. And I'm so glad that you're tuning in today from wherever you are in the world. Maybe it's like in the school drop-off or you're taking a walk or you are cooking something for your family or for someone you love or for yourself. For that matter, I'm just really honored to be with you sharing this journey with you. You know what? I haven't really taken any time this year just to catch you up on what's going on in my life and how things are going. So I thought I would just take just a quick couple of seconds to catch you up on how I'm doing and what's going on in my life. And of course, I would love to hear about you as well. Now, back in the fall, I had a little bit of a health scare and I did talk about it on the podcast and I've got some really great news. So I've been through all of my testing and although I'm still having to really work on my health, I am going to not have any surgeries or medications. So I've been working with my natural health practitioner for a while. Her name's Barb and uh, I talk about her all the time because I love Barb and she has really helped me so much. But the protocol that I've been on has really assisted in my healing as well. I changed my diet and I've been very mindful to really take care of my body. Now, there are days where I haven't really been doing that, but for the most part, I would say like the majority of time I have and things are really shifting in my health and I am so, so grateful that I don't have to have any surgeries. And I'm going to tell you, honestly, like that just took a weight off my shoulders and I have just recently been wrapping up the mastermind that I was in and I'm, I'm sad to say goodbye to the women that are part of this mastermind and they're going to continue on of course and I am going to be doing some new things but I really am excited about what's in the future. I have learned so much over the past six months. I have grown. I have just really progressed and I think I'm ready for something brand new and I'm ready just to kind of spread my wings and take off. So I've had a lot of things going on uh, as well as, you know, of course, recording the podcast and coaching and some maybe little known facts that you don't know. I actually also teach voice and piano lessons, which I'm still doing as well. And just really trying to get through a very, very tough cold winter. So without further ado, that's kind of my news, but I just wanted to share with you what's going on and let's just get right to the podcast. I think we've all heard the old adage that a little kindness goes a long way, but what happens when that's just not the case? When you're in a position and someone is telling you that you're just not meeting their standards or that you didn't do the right thing, or that you're not the right fit for the job or the relationship. 
It's not only painful for your ego, but it also can leave a really lasting mark. And what's worse is when they make it personal. I think we've all been there. I know for myself, words that people have spoken to me have played over and over in my mind, kind of like this nonstop loop. And they were the words that I wanted to forget the most, but that I had the hardest time letting go of. Have you ever felt so defeated and discouraged? Like you've put yourself out there, you've done all the things that you knew to do, and you ended up becoming someone else's punching bag. And deep down, you know that even though it's not right what they're doing, you feel for some reason like you deserve their critical feedback. I know that's crazy, but I know that I have. And that maybe, just maybe, you've done something to provoke them to say this to you. Like you've actually made it happen. And the more you try to please them and make yourself smaller and smaller and smaller, the worse it seems to get because nothing ever pleases them. And what makes it even worse is that this is a person that you've put your trust in. Maybe you've put them on some sort of a pedestal. Maybe it's an authority figure in your life, like your parent or a boss, a leader in your life in, in some sort of community or church organization, a supervisor, a partner, someone you love, a pastor, or even a coach. Before we go too deep into the episode today, I really wanted to start by saying that this episode could potentially be triggering to anyone who has ever experienced manipulation, spiritual, or emotional abuse. My intention with this episode is to share part of my story, but also to really teach you how you can safely deal with feedback, whether that's negative or positive. And we know that more often than not, feedback can feel negative, even if that's not the intention. So in talking about this, I may hit on some hard things and I really, really want you to feel safe in your process. And if you're going through something right now or you're still in an unresolved issue or relationship or you've had a trauma that it just doesn't feel right for you to be listening at this point, I want to encourage you to go ahead and hit pause on this episode for now, maybe come back to it later and just know that I am sending you so much love right now. Now, if you're still here, I really want to pledge to do my best to help you through this really toxic minefield. Over the years, I've talked quite a bit about my own journey and I started as an educator, but I also spent a good amount of time in ministry, both while I was teaching and full time after I stopped teaching. But there was one particular time, one place where I felt like I completely lost who I was, like I became a fraction of the person I had been. And although it was only like nine months of my life, it felt like an absolute eternity because of this relationship that I had with my pastor, who was also my boss. And it has left an imprint on my soul. 
Now, just to share a little bit of the story with you, I had recently moved from Missouri, where I had spent almost a decade, to Tennessee. I was so excited to be in Memphis. I was starting a new chapter of my life, and I had gotten a job at an inner city church in Memphis. The church in Parsonage was located on the same property, and it was in the probably in this area of town that was really racially segregated. And even as I'm just even sharing it and recording it, I feel kind of the emotions coming back up. Now, my job at the church, what I was hired for was to lead worship on Sundays and also to help the pastor with, you know, any miscellaneous things like helping grow the church because it had gotten really low in numbers. And they had a government subsidized daycare that also ran out of the church, which was um, pretty much the way I was going to be paid was through the the daycare. So I was also going to be teaching music to the kids in the daycare. Now, that was only just part of my job. The other part of my job was actually being employed at a school, which was in a rural part of town. And that was about 20 minutes away from where I lived. So it was two very, very different worlds. Now, the pastor that I worked for seemed great at first. Like, I really connected with him and his family when I was moving from Missouri to Tennessee. He sent a big truck and picked up all my stuff and drove it all the way. I mean, like, it was just amazing. Like, I felt like, okay, these are my people. These are the people that like really, really drew me in, you know, like they're going to be family. Right. And they really wanted to have me over and have dinner with them. They had two kids and it was kind of like this thing that we were going to do once a week. But as I got involved more and more involved, and as I started to get to know them, I felt a little bit smothered by him, especially. And it kind of went from, you know, being that I was brought into their family to like being expected to be at the church, being expected to be at their house, being expected to do all of these things. And I felt like I was losing my autonomy and my independence. And there was even a security camera that was placed on the property of the church, which was, I'm sure, to help, you know, with many you know, property being vandalized or potential break-ins or anything. But it was definitely monitoring my comings and goings where I lived, which was in the parsonage. Now, if I ever had any spare days off um, from teaching at the school, my pastor would expect me to be at the church and working. So it wasn't like I just had time off from my other job. I also had to work and fill that other time. So there were times where I would, no joke, I would just go shopping just to make sure that I wasn't even on the property so he would think I was at school. And all of my time was supposed to be devoted to the service of the church. But not only that, but I would receive this like weekly guidance and mentorship for him. And, you know, in some ways, like, you know, it's expected, but also it felt a little bit unsolicited because everything, like absolutely everything I was doing was scrutinized every detail of what I was doing was talked about 
to the way I played the piano, to the people I talked to in the church, to the songs I chose, how fast or slow I played them, whether or not people had engaged with the music or engaged with me afterwards. I mean, the list goes on and we would have, you know, ad nauseum conversations about what I did or didn't do. And soon our weekly meetings actually became more of an opportunity for the pastor to tell me what I was doing wrong. And so I dreaded meeting with him. And week after week, I tried to adjust and change everything I was doing to meet the requirements he was setting out before me, even though he had zero musical knowledge. Everything I did was on the table. And if anything ever went wrong in any capacity, it was like it was my fault. Well, okay, I'll just leave it there because there's so much more that happened. But over the course of those nine months, which felt like an eternity, like I mentioned, there came a point where I honestly, I just couldn't take it anymore. Like it was, I was so stressed out. Um, One day when I was in my house, I noticed that I had these like welts under my bra strap and I had this shooting pain in my back and across my chest. So I asked some friends to take a look at these bumps and it turns out that I had shingles. And since I didn't have any medical insurance, there was really nothing I could do about it. And I was so, so stressed out about it. And I called home and, you know, having a discussion with my parents. I mean, like everything was dependent on me being there and having that job in order to stay in the, in the States. But my parents were like, you can't do this. It's like not worth your health. So I decided that I would tell him that I was quitting. Of course, you can imagine how that went down. That was literally like the worst case scenario. Now, this may seem like a little bit of a stretch, but maybe there are parts of my story that you can also relate to. Maybe you've actually found yourself giving the best parts of yourself to an organization, to a church, to a job, to a relationship with someone, whether it's intimate or just a friendship. And the feedback that you're getting always, always seems to center around the fact that you are not measuring up some way or somehow. And even though you feel like you have so much to offer, you know your gifts are being undervalued, underutilized, and in the meantime, your self-worth is taking a huge hit because You're under the leadership or mentorship of someone who is exhibiting this incredibly toxic behavior. So I want to ask you, if that is you, if you have felt yourself in that position, or if you feel like you're in that position right now, how is your body, your soul, and your spirit receiving this negative feedback? My friend... What I want to talk to you today about is not just about how to receive feedback. It's really about what happens when people are speaking these negative words to you and how it can derail you from doing what it is that you know you should be doing, whether it's starting a business, whether it's writing a book, whether it's Uh, being in a really healthy relationship, whether it's leaving an organization, a church, a relationship, whatever it is, these words can tie you 
to uh, really just spinning your wheels for weeks, months, years, decades. So I want to talk about this. <laughs> I know this is like a touchy subject, but maybe you feel like maybe you feel like you've already given everything you have to this relationship, to a community, to a church, and you bought in hook, line, and sinker. So you'd just be willing to do pretty much everything, anything and everything that is asked or required of you. But in the process, you're getting negative, harsh feedback, like you're not pulling your weight, towing the line, and maybe even you wonder if your work is subpar. It's actually making you feel like what you have to offer is not good enough. Like you're not a good leader, like you're not a good person, like you're not um, qualified or called. Oh my gosh, like the list goes on. And if you question them in any way, there is absolute hell to pay. So here's the hard truth. You're not in a relationship with someone who is safe in any way, shape or form. And you may be taking their abuse their manipulation, and becoming the scapegoat for their really bad, inexcusable behavior. And I know it's probably slowly eating away at you. And you may be even putting up some walls, trying to keep other people out, safe people even, because you don't want any input of any kind. And... Further to that, you may feel as though you don't even trust people anymore. People who you love, people who love you. And it's not a problem of whether or not you can take critical feedback. The problem is that you're not safe where you are. And the feedback that you are getting is slowly destroying your confidence. Now, I see this happening with so many women all the time, women that I coach, women that I've mentored over the years, women that I've been in church with, friends, you name it. Because everyone at one time or another ends up being in a relationship that they wish they had not been in, whether it's at work or an intimate relationship or with a friend, with a parent. And it really erodes their self-esteem. And not only does it erode their self-esteem, but it also has the potential of killing their dreams, their desires, what they believe is possible for their lives. And this happens in toxic partnerships with bosses who are unfit to be in leadership and within the walls of the church, sadly. And I've seen it happen time and time again and in families. So it's everywhere. And what this does is it actually silences women. It, it, it's one of those things where you lose your voice. You lose the ability to share what you have to offer the world, whether that's through your actions, through your own personal story, with um, just even putting your gifts out into the world. And it keeps women from stepping out, puts them in a box, and they stop pursuing their dreams. And they don't even know why. And I want to almost like shout from the rooftops, like you have no idea how 
angry this makes me and how frustrated I get when I see women who are not working in their giftings, when they are not um, out there using their talents, gifts and abilities because someone said something to them that they believe to be true about themselves when that person was really just probably projecting to them their own stuff. And almost nearly every coaching session that I have, this comes up in one way or another. So it it doesn't always look the same. And we've become so afraid to get feedback that we end up isolating ourselves from people, from coaches, mentors, who can truly help us shift our mindset and shift what we believe to be true about ourselves and our lives. And I did the exact same thing until I met my friend Jackie. Now, I need to tell you about Jackie. Jackie is honestly one of the most incredible women I've ever met. And I was introduced to her through a mutual friend when I was living in Memphis. And it was coincidentally around the same time that I was going through this church drama, this horrific experience. And in fact, she was one of the women who did you know tell me Andrea this is you've got shingles and we've got to get you out of there and she helped me to like plan my escape basically now Jackie is about 20 years my senior and she doesn't take shit from anyone if she hears me say that she's probably gonna say Andrea you shouldn't be cussing on the podcast but um she's literally one of the strongest women I know to this day and not because she is not beyond breaking because She has been broken and she's risen and she continues to rise. She's been there. She knows what it's like to be put down, to be pushed down, to go through illness and to go through um, mindset and spiritual abuse. And I mean, she's she knows her stuff. And at the end of the day, she knows where her value and her truth is. And her faith is so important to her. Now, when Jackie and I first started talking, I was really skeptical. Like, I kept my distance, and I really was not wanting her to be my friend. And she could see that hesitation. In fact, she called me out on it at one point because she instinctively knew that I needed to be handled with love and extreme care at that point. And that's exactly what she did. I was at a point in my life where I was really disillusioned with the people in my life. I had had another female mentor who had been really manipulative. And now I was in a situation in the church that was really toxic. And I obviously at some point in time had, you know, learned that it was okay that people treated me this way and spoke to me this way. And she could tell that somewhere buried underneath all of that, that I was really, really alone. And I was really dealing with a lot of trauma. And I'm not sure what kind of resolve it took for Jackie to walk me through the healing process. But she she stuck to it. She was there. She, um, she really just held space for me. And she was a mentor when, like, we just didn't really call it a mentoring relationship, but, like, I went places with her. I did ministry with her. She taught me. She listened. She just loved on me. She fed me. She did all the things that someone who really loves and cares for you would do. 
And over the next two years, she really nursed me back to health, emotionally, spiritually, financially, helping me to expect more of myself, to not play the victim in the story of my life. Like that was a huge thing that Jackie showed me and that I didn't have to live under that oppressive mentality that I could learn to speak for myself, whether it was with my family, in church, in leadership, in so many ways. Like, I honestly think she saved me, like truly. And maybe that is what you feel like you need to. Someone just to come alongside of you, like just to like link arms with you and say to you, you know, it is possible for you to trust again. And it's possible for you to be in relationship again with someone who genuinely is interested in you, in who you are, in your success, in your growth. And being around Jackie showed me the value and the power of relationship, of community, and of coaching and mentorship. Like, I wasn't even a coach back then. Like, I was still teaching. I didn't even, hadn't even really gone into full-time ministry at that point. But, like, she was already laying the groundwork for what I do today. Like, I'm just even thinking about that now and going, like, all of the stuff that I had to go through and the women and mentors and coaches I've met along the way have been so instrumental at, like, laying the foundation and also helping me heal through some of the stuff that I've gone through. And right now, you might be standing on the sidelines because you're afraid to get back in the game, kind of like I was. You're afraid to get hurt. You're afraid that you're going to be shut down. And you can't risk someone wounding your spirit. Not only are you paralyzed by fear, but you are feeling like life is slowly passing you by and your dreams are really on hold. So I don't want you to feel that way. Gosh, I hate that you're feeling that way if you are, or if you're even feeling like you've been there like and you're like Andrea I totally know what you're talking about this is and and so maybe you're not there now maybe you've been there but there are times when you're like re-triggered by people by hearing stories by hearing comments by people's just aggressive behavior I know that there's sometimes where people will say things and I'm like oh my that is so triggering to me so I just really want to just encourage you that you can find the healing and the freedom that you need and that it is possible for you to trust again in relationships, whether it's in business or personally or within the church. And yes, it's going to take work because you're going to have to really shift those mindsets, but you're also going to act differently in those relationships And that's really important. So maybe it's that you need to call your therapist and book an appointment and say, okay, like I've got to unpack all this stuff and really get to the heart of what has been holding you back. Or reach out to someone who has been a trusted mentor in your life, ask them to go for coffee, virtual coffee at this point, and just talk through some things and really... um, Ask them about their own experience with getting feedback or 
being emotionally or spiritually manipulated or abused. Or it could be that you need a coach right now and it's like, okay, I'm at a place where I'm feeling like I have healing, but I do have mindset issues that are holding me back from launching something, from putting my gifts into the world, from really living into the true essence of my purpose, my potential in everything that I really feel compelled to do. That's what I work with my coaching clients on. That's my sweet spot. I love it because as I mentioned, I have been there. Now, the first thing that we would do in this sort of environment would be really identify the lie that you've believed to be true about yourself, your calling and your purpose. Like where did it come from? What was the root cause? What were the words spoken? Yeah, sometimes that can be a bit painful. We don't spend a ton of time there, but we do really identify what it is because we want to know how you felt when emotions come up and really acknowledge and embrace them so that we can weaken those toxic thoughts that might be kind of going over in your mind that you might be ruminating on. And then secondly, we speak truth and life into those spaces by reframing the thoughts, by reconceptualizing the memory, by helping you to move past it and really seeing that there is so much more for you. And then thirdly, and sometimes this can be the hardest one, but it's taking action. It's actually stepping out and doing the thing. (laughs) It's actually putting yourself out there. So identify what it is, reframe, and then move into action. And I know that it might get hard, but I want you to trust your instincts and allow your instincts, Holy Spirit, whatever you call it, to lead you back to the truth of who you are because the truth of who you are the essence of who you are is still there even if it's been damaged or tainted or broken shattered into a million pieces and I really believe that it's so important to be in a trusted relationship with your therapist your coach your mentor and I have talked about this time and time again like I really really need to be led instinctively to the right people I've even um, more recently declined being in a program because I just didn't feel like it was right. And then I wondered later, I was like, I wonder if it was just like something was out of alignment there and that maybe I was being spared from it and I just felt like I shouldn't be in it. Because I've been in other relationships where I had that feeling, like that hold back, Andrea, and I didn't and I got really hurt. So sometimes we just got to trust our gut instinct. But when you're in a trust relationship, like the one that I had with Jackie, like the one I've had with my therapists, Carrie and Lynn, my coaches, Kate and Kathy, my pastors, Pastor Michael, Pastor Dawn, it is possible to overcome those painful experiences and those negative words that have been spoken to you. And to learn That you don't have to have the walls up and have those defense mechanisms operating all of the time. And now, not only am I asking for my coach to show me my blind spots and really asking for my therapist to give me feedback, but I've also engaged in that with my friends. Like I've sent them, you know, emails saying like, would you speak into my life in this area? And Tell me what you see that maybe I'm not seeing. 
And sometimes it's hard to read what they're writing me back. But honestly, I ask people who are honest and transparent and are not going to hold back and are not worried about whether or not we're going to be friends or not in the end, inviting them into that space in my life because I have received enough healing to allow them to speak into my life. Now, that does not mean that I do not get defensive at times because I definitely do get triggered and I'm still working on that. I'm not a perfect human being. I definitely have work in that area to do. But I want to encourage you that not all negative feedback is about you. Sometimes, more often than not, it's about the other person. And when you're really getting the feedback that you need, it's usually in a trusted relationship with a trusted person who is seeing your blind spots and you're in relationship with them so that you can actually not only see them, but you can shift them and you can do things differently and be the person you really desire to be. So I want to encourage you, if you've gone through this hurt, reach out to a therapist, a coach, a mentor, reach out to me. I'd love to chat with you. Whatever you've been through, whatever you've gone through, I'm so sorry that that has been your journey. But I know that I know that I know that it can be used to not only shift where you are, but to propel you into where you're going. So much love for you. If you want to take the next step, I would love to chat with you. Let's schedule a 30-minute strategy session if you're looking to get into coaching more long-term. Or if you just know, Andrea, I want a quick win. I have a coaching session that I've designed specifically for that. And you can look at both of those at my website, andreacrisp.ca forward slash schedule. And I thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Make sure you connect with me on Instagram at andreacrispcoach and at the dot courage cast. Until next time, remember, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Cast, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a rating and review, and while you're there, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Original music and production by Stephen Crilly.